Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is Ramin Forgani, the producer and the moderator of the podcast. And today we are getting back into your bread and butter, Ramin. We got show sheets, we got everything ready to rock and roll because the season is here. First official games tip off, and it looks like just 10 days. We are in November. Ramin, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Kyle. How are you on the eve of this Game 7 of the World Series? For all you non-baseball fans, what has been an exhilarating series, and what's better than a Game 7 in the world of sports? But you're right, we're here to talk about basketball today. And, you know, we have Thanksgiving tournaments coming up around in a couple weeks, games tipping off, scrimmages. I think tryouts are over for most programs in the state, and this is the first of many uh, rankings podcast for the 2017-18 GHSA basketball season. So, Kyle, these have been released for a little while. We've let them simmer, and now we're here to get your takes. Quickly, for those who are new to the podcast or who haven't heard it before, what goes into making these rankings? Uh, a, a lot of time. That's probably the main thing. A lot of time takes me, you know... Uh, over a month or two to go through every single thing and you would think oh you're just writing about 10 teams it is a painstaking process every single classification is going to take at least uh, over an hour and now that we're doubling up and doing a little more with girls basketball this year that's that's even more time to do it for uh, every single uh, boys and girls classification but uh, just the, the basics, looking at what the team did last year, what they got coming back this year, uh, taking into account all the transfers in the landscape that we know of, which I was able to collect. I don't know what the final number was, but I know it was over 100 transfers, and I'm sure there's a lot more that are still trickling in. So uh, it's it's not a perfect science, but I, I, I like to think it is a science that you put in a lot of time and a lot of effort to try and do your best now. At the end of the day, I tweeted this out, state rankings don't win state championships. So this is just more of a a measuring stick to head into the season to give you kind of an idea of where these teams should maybe uh, sort themselves out. But I think we saw, as we saw last year, parities at an all-time high. We don't have any real mega super teams this year like we had last year where it was all the rage. So I think it's, uh, especially in the lower classification, just going to be a lot of new teams. Uh, a lot of teams that are going to have a chance to really uh, have their best seasons in quite a while and really have a realistic shot of the state title. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, it's it's going to be another crazy season in the GHSA. We'll jump right into the podcast. We'll kind of be doing boys and girls jumping back and forth. Let's start off with the Class A's, both private and public. On the boys' side, your top five, St. Francis, Green Forest, Eagles Landing Christian Academy, or ELCA, Aquinas, and Wesleyan for Class A private boys. Class A public boys, Calhoun County, Macon County, Central, Talbot, Wilkinson County, and Trutland. And I'm sure I butchered a couple of those names. That's going to round out the top five for the boys' side of Class A private and public. Now, looking at the Class A private, Kyle, it looks like there's a bit more parity, maybe a bit more competition going on this year. It is as wide open as it's been in about five, six years. You look at a team like Green Forest who loses Larry Thompson, their head coach, to Wheeler. They lose about four or five Division One guys as well. And 
We've been trying. I, I know I've been trying. I don't know if anyone r- realistically actually does know what does Green Forest have this year. I just stumbled across an, a new transfer today, Jalen Clark from Woodland Stockbridge. He's transferred over there, a 5'11 point guard. So they got him. They got a kid named Caleb Jenkins from Shiloh. They got Cam Chavers from Parkview. They got Christian Jackson from Fulton Leadership Academy. So it's it looks like it's a different type of pipeline now. And Green Force, they're playing in all these huge tournaments, but I don't know if they had the star power, if they have some more secret move-ins that we don't know about. But uh, it, it's wide open, and Green Force is ranked number two to start the year. That might be more of a just a respect and a you know shrouded with mystery. We don't really know what they have. Do they have seven footers that are coming in from all across uh, the world anymore? I don't think so. So I'm not sure if Green Force is either going to sink or swim this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they really, really took a step back just because they lost so much. But with that being said, St. Francis is ranked number one. That's a team that's still young. That's a lot of sophomores and a couple juniors sprinkled in, a couple freshmen that are going to see some playing time. Uh, That's a team that, from what I understand, they don't really have much of a a post-presence. Chase Ellis might be one of their better forwards. He's only about 6'4", 6'5", on a good day. So that that's a team that's going to have some holes. And you, you look elsewhere, Eagles Landing Christian Academy, a team that might be a dark horse, if you want to call them a dark horse. Derek Mason turned them into a, a 20-win program last year in his first year on the job. Malachi Rhodes is still inside at 6'8". I hear he's, he's, you know, he's blossoming at a high rate. Trevon Reddish has transferred over there from Carrollton. He might be one of the better guards in the classification now. And then you look at the rest of the classification, it's kind of a, a muddled, jumbled mess of, okay, who's going to peak at the right time? Uh, Aquinas has some players, but I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. They're going to be thrown into the fire right away, and uh, we'll see how they react uh, playing Eagles Land and Christian Academy in that holiday hoops giving. So if you want to figure out what's going on in Class A Private, uh, I would say go to Holiday Hoops Giving and check it out because we've got St. Francis, Green Force, Eagles Landing Christian Academy, uh, Aquinas, Holy Innocence is in there, and maybe one other team that's in that top ten. But uh, for a fact, there's at least four or five teams in the top ten that are going to be there, and a couple of them are they're going to be playing each other. So we're going to have a really good, uh, really good guesstimate of who's the top dog just a week outside of uh, the season tipping off. And your thoughts on Class A public, Kyle? Calhoun County has, I, I think it's what, pretty much everybody coming back. Um, Rayshon Williams, he is, he's a dude out there. He's going to South Florida. Uh, I, I think Class A public is always underrated from the, the people that aren't living in those areas. But just as a fan and trying to rank these teams, it's really exciting. It's really fun because you don't really know too much about these these guys. I was able to see a lot of players like Macon County. has got some really good guys I really like uh, that I think they can really make a push. That's why they're at number two. Central Talbotin, they have a great one-two punch. Aquavius Smith, Zytavian Hill. I worry about the rest of them. Then Wilkinson County, who's what? I think they've won nine state titles now. They won like, what, three out of the past four years or something like that. What they're searching for a three-peat in their fifth title in six years. So Wilkinson, at the end of the day, they've always been the big bad wolf, but they lose a lot of guards. But Wilkinson's always been big inside. Clarence Jackson, about 6'6". Tylen Grable, their center, 6'6". It's a physical team. They always find a way to reload. They always find ways to win. But uh, on paper, I, I do think Calhoun County 
They do have the best individual player in the classification, and they have a lot coming back around him. So that's why I like Calhoun County to open up the season number one. Quickly on the girls' side of Class A, private and public. Uh, Class A, private, Holy Innocence, Wesley, and St. Francis, your top three. Class A, public, Pelham, Telfair County, and Wheeler County, your top three. Uh, Looking like a lot of Final Four, state runner-up, state championships rounding out the top five there. Kind of going in line with what we'd expect. Any shake-ups there, Kyle? Uh, Class A private is pretty much what you expect. It's the three big teams, Holy Innocence, Wesley, and St. Francis, and everybody else is chasing them. But the interesting thing between those top three teams, there's a lot of turnover. A lot of teams are going to have to replace upwards of three, sometimes even four starters. So that can make for a little bit of an interesting start to the season. But I like Holy Innocence to open up number one just because I do have Kayla Hubbard who's going to Georgia, and then uh, Kennedy Suttle, who's going to Penn, two very experienced forwards with some size and physicality, and they've they've been through all the wars, and uh, they have a really nasty taste in their mouth after leading for probably about, what, 95% of the game, and then the final two minutes of the game, they they end up Yeah, blew a 17-point lead to Wesleyan, and then Wesleyan, they lose Michaela Coombs, a UConn, but uh, they have a, a bunch of good young players in my register. It's going to Old Dominion. Southern West is a shooter from Furman, and they're always going to have players coming up the pipeline. And a, a freshman, Paige Lines, is supposed to have a really good future as a, a playmaker. And then the last team, St. Francis, had two All-Americans. Both of them have graduated. Uh, they got a lot of move-ins this year that are going to try and take over those roles jordan isaac six foot two i know st francis loves having these long versatile players she comes in from north paulding chandler davis who was a leading scorer at alpharetta you would know about them over in region seven in class six a um she she was the leading scorer at alpharetta as a five six guard and then kennedy filson another six foot uh lengthy wing type player so st francis they're gonna have some talent they have a couple girls going to already going to division one that they have already signed that you know hardly saw the court last year but that's just how good and how deep they are so i would not sleep on saint francis but those are definitely the top three for you let's flip it over to class 2a i'll start off on the girls side um it was laney in the field last year and laney starts at number one is it more of the same and are you ready to declare laney your very early way too early preseason championship lock uh, I would say yes. I would say Laney is still just, you know, a better than everybody else. And I want to go back and say that probably I'm going with the same in Class A public with Pelham. I would be remiss to not mention Pelham. Pelham still has Mahogany Randall coming back, uh, a, a girl that w- I think she was a leading scorer last year. Uh, so she's going to carry some more of the load, even though Destiny Thomas is off to Clemson. But Pelham's going to be very tough in 1A public. And then with just Laney, Laney just plays so fast. They press. They're all over the place. Deshaun Benjamin going to Alabama. But I really like Jessica Williams and Jaden Hamilton. They're very, very active on the that, that trapping style uh, of play. But uh, Raven County, they, they lose some players. Uh, Savannah Scott, she's gone to North Georgia. But Brooke Hendricks is another probably about 5'10", 5'11", forward that can play all over. Georgia Stockton, Lakin Styles, a lot of players that what they combined for 38 points in their high scoring championship they lost to Laney 85 to 76 so 
those two are the two I like the most. But, I mean, in that Region 8, Raven's going to be pushed by Banks County and Putnam County, uh, both teams with some very good individual players. Uh, Banks is probably more balanced, but Putnam has a really good player in Rakia Peniman. I know she, uh, I think she was a Region Player of the Year last year, 17 points, 8 rebounds. So they're going to push Raven County, but uh, I, I still do think Laney is probably your lock right now. And just to make it clear, your class two air um, girls rankings: Laney at one, Rabin County second, Fitzgerald three, Swainsboro four, and Banks County at the five. Class two a boys. Now you have Swainsboro first, and South Atlanta falls all the way to fourth. Glen Hills and Banks County fill in the two spots in between, respectively. And last year in class two a boys, it was South Atlanta in the field, but this year you open them at number four. Is a this can be a more competitive classification this year. I think it is. South Atlanta, they graduated a lot of people. Now they still have two stalwarts in the backcourt, Jalen Stiegel, DeAndre Barnes. So they got two very experienced guys, and they got some freshmen, Julius Lyman, about 6'6". I hear he uh, has impressed over the summer. In South Atlanta, they're always going to be well coached with Michael Reddick. Uh, they're always going to be in the picture, so don't be surprised if they're at the end of the day. They're you know they're not going to die easy. They're going to be a tough outcome state tournament. But I, I decided to go with Swainsboro just because they have that 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 nucleus coming back. Jalen McKinney about five eight, but he averaged close to twenty seven points per game. Jamel Watkins is a, a a long wing about six four six five that can play, and they got Eddie Roberts inside as a shot blocker, but. They need to build some depth. They only played five, six guys at the very maximum last year. And you saw when McKinney had the flu in the state championship. So you're basically playing four on five out there. And it was just, it was a, it was an onslaught lost by about 30. It was, it was really ugly. But another team, two teams to keep an eye on Glen Hills and Banks County, Glen Hills over in Augusta. They have a lot of talented guys. A lot of recruits came in there. Um, not recruits, but transfers. Isaiah Bowman moves in. Tim Williamson moves in. Uh, Bowman's a very good lead guard who's had a lot of success on the summer circuit. Hasn't had that success quite yet uh, at the high school varsity level. He's coming in from West Side, so he's going to really take over the rock. And uh, Trey Whitehead, I think he's the best prospect over in Augusta. A six-five wing that really can get off the floor, and then six-foot-eight Timmy Sellers. When he's fully engaged, he's a uh, he's he's a problem inside Banks County. I love them with Dylan Orr. Uh, Carl Cleveland can really shoot the ball. Darius Bonds is a really good orchestrator. But the last team I want to talk about, number five Thomasville, where you have Mississippi State commit Reggie Perry, six foot nine. People think he's going to be a lottery pick in the NBA. I'm telling you, it just scares me that he has not led his team past an Elite Eight playing in a, a small classification where, I mean, he's, you know, 96% of the time he's not seen any other Division One players out there, and he's the best player in that classification. He just hasn't carried their team. Now, this, this very well should be the year. It could be the year. It should be the year that he leads them to a state championship, but uh, it's really now or never at Thomasville. He's got him, Titus Wright inside. He's got some young guards that are coming of age. It's now or never for Thomasville to win a state championship. And if Reggie Perry and company can't deliver, uh, I would have to say it's a, a little bit of a disappointing disappointing career at Thomasville considering how great they were uh, his sophomore season. 
Class 3A on the boys' side, you rank Morgan County, Johnson, Savannah, Cedar Grove, Greater Atlanta Christian, and Westside Macon as your top five. And so I have to ask you, which storyline do you think will unfold here? Kavon Moore and Westside breaking away? Amonze Gumezi? That, that works with me. And Johnson, Savannah? Or Morgan County bringing back 2019 class? And who do you think is really going to be the dominant force as we head into the season? Uh, I think 3A was, on paper, it looked like one of those uh, one of the best uh, classifications last year just because you, you saw about seven teams that you thought could win it. Now it's a little takes a little bit of a step back. But Morgan County is just always going to be there with their grit and toughness. I know they ran into Wendell Carter last year, and that, that really, I mean, when you run into a 6'10", five-star guy going to Duke that's that dominant, that's going to hurt you now. If they played maybe any other 3A team in the uh, state championship, Morgan County very well have might have won, and they were they were getting there with all these sophomores. So you got Tyron Lawrence, Alec Woodard, Stephen Green, all going into their junior seasons now. I think they have a really good chance to, uh, you know, be right back back there. Uh, I guess I don't know where their state championship is going to be played at Macon or Georgia Tech, but they have a really good opportunity to play for a state title, but you just worry about the big men and you're talking about schools with big men, John Savannah, Nugamezi, six foot eight. They have some good guards around him. Very athletic can shoot the ball. And, uh, Kavon Moore, it's another Reggie Perry type scenario. It's now or never. He's five star. They're great, great, great individual players, but they just haven't been able to, to, to slay the dragons and the GHSA. It's just so competitive. So many good teams, just cause you have a five-star guy doesn't mean you're automatically going to the state championship. And you, you just look at those two guys as examples. And, uh, he's going to have to get a lot of help from his teammates this year to get to where they want to go. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for him. Gregory Holloway is going to have to play big. Omar Jones is going to have to be playing very well for them as well. They had a lot of good guards last year that graduated. They had Contravius Jones who transferred out the big 6-11 in the middle of the season. And uh, they, they had a tough outing, uh, what, like double overtime loss to pace, something like that, put them out. So I know Kavon's going to be hungry, but it's just going to be really tough sledding for the Seminoles to get to a state championship. But they have the one star, and if you have a star, you have a chance. On the girls' side of Class 3, a familiar name headlining it, Beach at the 1. Some other familiar names, Jonathan Savannah got the 4, Franklin County 5, and working our way back up. Central Macon got the nod at the 3 seed. And Greater Atlanta Christian is second, chasing the heels of Beach. GAC, they have three D1 players, which for Class 3 is a bit of an accumulation of talent, especially on the girls' side. Do you see them breaking through and uh, handling Beach this year? It's going to be tough because Beach, they are just tough as nails. They crash the board so hard. Jabrika Bass, they just pound the glass, pound the glass, pound the glass. Offensive rebounding, they, they, they play very hard. They put the chip on their shoulder. They're just a physical, tough team now. If you just want to look at the next level talent, I mean, shoot, that's what's so great about high school basketball. Just because you guys you got guys going to a Division One or these high colleges, that doesn't really mean much. When you step on the court, you got to earn it. But I think GAC, they, they more than have enough talent to earn it. Robin Benton's one of the best point guards in the nation. She's going to Auburn. Carrier uh, Reynolds going to Hofstra. Taylor Sutton going to Middle Tennessee State. I mean, that's just a, a, a big, intimidating, talented uh, trio right there that can score the ball and play defense. Uh, GAC, I, I mean, 
they, they have everything you need to get past them, but it's going to be very tough. And I know Johnson, Savannah, they, 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 uh, they want to still be in the picture after they got beat pretty bad in the state championship after it was a really good matchup. They're opening at number four, and I think it's a good spot for them at number four, even though other people have told me otherwise. Uh, they lose Alexis Pierce. They lose Olivia Owens, two college players, but Bubbles Williams still in the still in the picture, and she's a, a really a, a scrappy little five three guard that can shoot the ball. But uh, another team I just want to throw out there, Central Macon. They had the size. They have everybody coming back. Very dangerous team at number three. And Franklin County. They have a lot of good guards that can score the ball. They open up at number five. Maya and Asia Jones. Sisters finally going into their final seasons. And then Ivy Jen, another tough scoring guard who has some size and can probably go a little bit of inside out. But uh, GAC, I think they have the most talent to do it. But Beach is not going to lay down easy. We'll keep on working our way up to Class 4A, and I dare say a little favorite of yours. Um, on the boys' side, before I let you loose on the t- headlining duo of Upson Lee and St. Pius, the middle of the pack there, 3 through 7, looks interesting to me. Sandy Creek, Baldwin, Cartersville, Salem, and Westover in that order. Give me a little rundown of the middle of the p- pack in Class 4A, boys, before we get into Upson Lee, St. Pius. Well, I like Baldwin a lot as a... Uh... I, I mean, you can't classify him as a sleeper or a dark horse if I had him ranked number four, but I really like Baldwin. Buck Harris has a lot of experience winning games over at Laney. Now, what, he's in his second, third year over there at Baldwin. He's in year three. He's got everything rolling. Brendan Robertson is a guy that's uh, just always in the right place at the right time as a shooting guard. Uh, Dante Justice, I watched him at a uh, Fall 48 camp. Uh, a uh, very good athlete. He can shoot it. He can get really hot. He's going to make sure he doesn't take too many bad shots or anything like that. But he is a, a very good athlete, and he can he can you know like a little bit of a microwave, little Jamal Crawford. He can really get going. Then the additions of some guys from GMC: Zay Simpson, Justin Webb, a six-six forward that hasn't quite turned into his you know his true potential yet but with buck harris they're pulling it out of him uh, don't be surprised if this 6'6 guy starts picking up some offers by his senior year maybe not the division one level but he's probably going to be someone that division twos and junior colleges definitely want to keep an eye on and therese hicks is just a, a little point guard that plays defense does all the things you need to do to win games cartersville we've talked about cartersville before jalen Pugh going to Furman. I just am very worried about Cartersville when they play teams from outside that North Georgia area. They seem to struggle. They lost to Maris in the first round of state last year. But I really think Cartersville behind Pew, they have a shot to go deep. But they just got to get over that hump of teams that they don't usually see. Uh, Salem at number six, a team that has a, a lot of guys coming back and a couple guys transferring in. Tobias Long is going to be a problem from Southwest to Cab. He's six five, small forward, inside outside guy. Avante Letterer six six. Um, I heard he picked up a college offer over the summer after he didn't see too much time at Heritage, but he's a guy that could be a nice piece for Salem in the right fit. And then Lance Smith, a six two guy from Woodland Henry, and then number eight. And uh, number seven, Westover. Westover has a great backcourt. They've got a couple big men coming in. Got some freshmen that can make an impact. And then Woodward Academy, who's number eight, six foot ten, Walker Kessler. 
He is a, a high major, uh, talented player heading into a sophomore year. He has a trouble, has some trouble defending on the perimeter. If you stretch out Woodward with all those big men, you might be able to go around him and hit some threes and carve him up going into the lane if you can get past him. So that's one area I want to keep an eye on with Woodward is do they have the guard play to keep guards in front of them? Because I think that is that's what wins high school championships. You got to have good guard play. And they're all going to be chasing Upson Lee and St. Pius, ranked number one and two, respectively. They had the Electric Class 4A championship game last year at Georgia Tech. Upson Lee edged that out. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Ty Fagan coming into his senior season. He's going to try to lead Upson Lee back to the promised land. St. Pius' success last year. Was that a one-off, or can they recreate it this year, Kyle? Uh, they, sh- they, they can recreate it this year. It's not going to be easy. They're going to be playing a lot of better teams in their non-region schedule. If I had to handicap it, I'd say they have a better chance of winning a another state championship than they do going undefeated. But I, that's not meant as a slight. St. Pius is, you know, they're locked and loaded. They have everybody back. I think Kennedy Wills is someone to really keep an eye on. Uh, big guy, six foot eight. He's, he's going to be a sleeper. I think that's someone that colleges can uh, check out he's he's long he looks a lot better he's gonna more physical inside i like what he brings everett lane we saw what he can do hit seven three-pointers in the state championship game and he's always gonna stretch teams out and matt gonzalo point guard really runs the entire show for him so upsonly they're gonna have their hands full trayvon walker is gonna be a very big part for them again he was kind of what took them to that next level with that defensive presence inside just eliminating any types of of second chance opportunities and then if we want to check out the third ranked team sandy creek quietly 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 still have a lot of talent on that roster with the new head coach um jared godfrey and tj bickerstaff two guys very talented bickerstaff has turned it on a little bit over these summer months and it'll be interesting to see if he can take the next step and be that number one option for sandy creek out on the Class 4A girl side and uh, throwing a little shade around, Kyle, a little disrespecting you. Open Carver Columbus, the state runner-up at the number one, and you leave Columbus, the reigning state champions, unranked. Explain yourself. Yeah, well, they lose Tatiana Wyatt, who was the best player. Uh, he saw her win that state championship with a ridiculous stat line and a three-pointer in the corner to win the game. She's off to Kentucky. Raya Copeland's off to Alabama, so you had the two twin towers. What were they were just f- phenomenal together, but they're both gone. So that means there's there's just not not a whole lot left from that starting five. You got Trinity Vasquez left, who was a defensive player and a nice a nice glue guy for uh, Coach Joe Sharoni, but uh, it's just going to be tough. And you see Carver Columbus, they have everyone coming back. We got Mariah Igus coming back. Uh, Alicia Reese coming back. Then you get the transfer of uh, boy uh, Olivia Cochran, who was uh, you know six three sophomore who averaged seventeen points and eleven rebounds a game at Hardaway. Now she steps in and fits right in. And you got Janiah Lovehill, who had twenty five points in state title game coming back. It just looks like Carver Columbus. If everything goes according to plan they really have a chance to run away with this uh, classification because they're just stacked up to the gills. I would say they might be the team with the best opportunity to win the state championship. Now, I know I said Laney's a lock in 2A, but Carver, Columbus, they 
they might just be at that same lock status. No, no disrespect to anybody else. There's a lot of good players. Henry County has Brooke Moore going to Auburn who could take over games by herself. Uh, West Hall, who probably not going to be at that same level because they lost pretty much all of their role players with Anna McKendry. She pushed Columbus to the limit last year, the state championship team, 50 to 47. She had 31 points there, but she's going to lose a lot of her help. Uh, but Carver Columbus, they really have a chance to run away with the classification this year. Moving on to Class 5A, and as far as the top of the classification, it doesn't matter if we're talking boys or girls. It's Buford Green all the way. Yes, 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 that is uh, very true. I think you're right on that with Class 5A. Uh, both those teams are heavy, 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 heavy favorites to win. I think the girls will... Uh, take care of business again michigan state commit tory osmond uh they just have just so much tate walters audrey ween are going to air force they got the the big fella inside um uh, jessica nelson she just committed to play basketball so they they just got everything you want flowery branch is going to be the one team that can push them and that's a, another region eight foe right there on the girls side Tanaya Worth going to Alabama. I think she's she's a star. She's a real deal. And they have a lot of their great guards back. But they lost to Buford three times last year. 53-44, 51-46, 53-38. Just was not able to get over the hump. I think Flowery Branch is a close second. But Buford girls still the team to beat. And on the boys' side, it's it's still Buford. Uh, this, this burgeoning uh, potential dynasty, I think. Uh, Marcus Watson just going to be a junior this year. Alex Jones, his final year as the best point guard in the state of Georgia, just going to be dishing it out to everybody. Georgia Southern commit David Vitti taking a lot of uh, great opportunities to score the ball with the, the great passing from Jones. Nixon's there. Uh, just just Brandon Green comes in athletically to help out. Now, the one thing that you might be – a little wary of is their rebounding size inside, but I think VD uh, with uh, Green coming in there and Watson, 6'6", 6'5", 6'5", I think that's more than enough to uh, take care of the business rebounding the ball. But Warner Robbins opens up at number two, and that's, uh, that's a team that got beat by Buford. It's 94-72, ended their season. They're going to be coming back super hungry. Georgia State commit. Nelson Phillips played like a high major player over the summer. I think he's going to really put the team on his shoulders, and they're going to give it their best shot. They have a lot of talent, a lot of cohesion, uh, but at the end of the day, I think Buford's still a, a very strong favorite to win that that state title again. So I'm going to ask you, who do you think is going to pose the biggest challenge, or I guess which side of the ball, the boys or the girls' side from Buford? Um... Boy, I want to say it's going to be tougher for the boys, even though I think the boys team is, I mean, any classification, I think everyone would agree. Buford's definitely a, a top five team in the entire state. Could probably even close it down to maybe even top three. We'll see how they do in all these great exposure tournaments to open up the season. Um, I just I just love what Buford brings. I know Miller Grove has some size inside with Jermon Clark, Kevin Page, two six seven guys that can hurt them. Uh, Maurice Harvey on the perimeter as well. A uh, couple teams have some pieces here and there, but I just think Buford is a complete team. And when you got Eddie Martin on the sideline with flashing all the state championship rings, he is a teacher of the game. He knows how to win. He's calm. And, I mean, everything's rolling in the right direction for Buford. 
Only two classifications left. We'll open up Class 6A on the girls' side. My alma mater, Northview, got the nod at the one over Winder, Barrow, and Lovejoy. Harrison, Sequoia, and Douglas County round out the top six. Why Northview over Winder, Barrow, Kyle? You know, the thought process on that was hard. The thought process was hard. I think it had Winder, Barrow first, and then I had a, a bit of a change of heart. And I think it's about matchups. Olivia Nelson Odoa, six foot five, great post player, just automatic inside. But if you want to find a team in class six A who has the size to combat that and the physicality to slow her down, that's Maya Richards who's six one inside, a real just physical, overly physical at times, but she can send a message inside. And Ashley Austin's about six foot six one as well. Uh, a great rebounder that can score a little bit all over the court. So you got two six-one players that know how to use their size and their physicality inside. I think that could really hinder Nelson Odella, try and push her out to the three-point line, have her fall in love with the three-point shot. And the farther away from the basket she is, the better for opponents. But uh, you, you can't sleep on other players for Winder Barrow, I mean, Latrice Perkins, she's going to the College of Charleston, an athletic wing. Shelia Watson, I, I like her as a score. She was uh, an all-area first-team pick, I believe. She averaged about 13 points a game. So there's there's two two nice pieces around Olivia Nelson Adoa, but I got to go at Northie just because the matchup, they do have the size to slow down. Winder Barrow's best player if they ever meet up. I think they could slow her down a little bit. And... Uh, Asia Annis is going to be a sophomore. She played a little too fast last year as a freshman at times for Northview. It didn't hurt him too much. Uh, She's going to be ready to go this year. She might take a couple couple games, get back into the flow of things after missing a little bit of time. And uh, a freshman, Eden Sample, she's regarded as one of the, the better freshmen across the state of Georgia. I think she could come in and really provide a scoring punch and really put Northview over the hump. But that's that's a team that last year, I know you know, they, uh, depth was a bit of an issue. I think they got that solved a little bit more. Northview may be a little more comfortable playing about eight players instead of maybe just six, seven on a good day. Uh, but I, I do like Northview just with the, the size inside that could uh, give them a little bit of a matchup problem for one. Winder Barrow. Up to the boys' side of Class 6A, showing Region 8 some love with Gainesville at the 1, and then some Gwinnett County love, Decula, Langston Hughes, the reigning state champion at the 3, Tri-Cities, Coffee, Tucker, Alpharetta, Jonesboro, Bradwell Institute, and Cambridge round out the top 10. Yeah, Class 6A, this is a, a, a classification with a lot of teams that you're, you know, at first glance, you say, what's going on? Bradwell Institute, Cambridge, uh, Tucker, who's back and who had a hiatus for a year or two, uh, Coffee, Tri Cities, teams that you're not not usually powerhouses outside of Tucker, who usually is. Uh, Class 6A, it's it's open. I think that the top two teams on paper, Gainesville and Dakula, are there for a good reason. Dakula has revamped that backcourt. You already got Mikhail Bethea. Uh, you got most improved player in the classification last year, Arusha Hunter, who's going to Clayton State. Those two guys are there. You throw in Quincy Adam Akoya, 6'6 wing, who I heard he was just going crazy at the hoop scene, elite preview, hitting three-pointers. And if you got a 6'6", 6'7 guy that's slashing around, rebounding, and then hitting five threes a game, that's a lot to deal with. And then Brandon Tucker is just a, a, an electric athlete as an off-guard. So Dakula has everything to try and negate Gainesville's 
Uh, press defense, they got a lot of guys coming back as well. Gainesville, K.J. Buffin should be healthy this year. The roster twins, Bailey Munner, Xavier Bledson goes on and on. But then you, you say, where's the respect for the, the defending state champions, Langston Hughes? They still have Landers Nola, who I think is the best player in the state of Georgia, the most unstoppable scorer in the state of Georgia. So they are always going to be dangerous. It's just going to, you know, it's going to come down to they have guard play to help score around uh, Nola. You can't pressure him into scoring 30 points every single night. Uh, they got a couple guys in that could help out. But uh, I think it's just going to be really tough for them to recreate that success. I know they're going to be a tough out, and Landers is going to go down shooting, but uh, it's just it's just going to be tough. What you see, what Gainesville and uh, Dakula have, uh, Langston Hughes is going to have to really play well the entire season. And then their 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 region, Region Five, is very difficult. You got Tri Cities coming in at number four, a team that peaked at the right time last year. They went to the Elite Eight. Uh, fell to Alatoona in heartbreaking fashion, real close game. Eli Lawrence to Marcus Johnson, John Young. If he's eligible, he can score the ball as well. Uh, just a lot of good, a lot of good teams, a lot of good players. Uh, teams like South Paulding just narrowly missing the cut. Alatoona narrowly missing the cut. All these teams that are very well coached, they're going to be there at the, at the end of the day. I think both those teams will be sniffing their 20 wins, and they're going to be teams you don't want to see come state tournament. But uh, I decided to go with the Cambridge team that's trending in the right direction with Kamar Robertson. Um, we'll see if they can pull it off. Region 7 was uh, interesting last year. Uh, I think they have an opportunity to be be in the mix in the top 10. I don't know if Cambridge is going to stay there the entire year, but I think they'll be in that, that 10 to 15 range for the entire season. And what happened to the likes of Alatoona and Brunswick and South Paulding from the 6A ranks? Very good questions. Altoona, we know Trey Dooms transferred out, so that really hurts. They graduated a lot of people. I know the, the coaching staff over there is still high on the, the kids they have, and I think once they get past uh, Christmas time, they're really going to start rolling again. They're in a, a fairly favorable region over there. What is it, Region 6? Uh, they're in a pretty good spot to rack up some wins. I think they'll still be you know, a number one or number two seed out of that region. Brunswick. They lose Kamani Dunn, the big 6'8 difference maker. Uh, they lose another graduate. Uh, what? I believe he signed at Andrew College. His name escapes me right now. But you still got Marcus Scott coming back. He's a, a jitterbug guard. I don't know how tall. 5'10 maybe. Three-point shooter. Uh, they got a couple more pieces around him that can play. There's just a really guard-oriented team. But when you take out that big difference maker at 6'8 inside who's going to change the way teams attack you on offense because he's going to be blocking shots and doing this and doing that, taking up space, uh, I think it hurts them a little bit. They're going to be in a dogfight in that region with Bradwell Institute who – they may be boomer bust. I got some kids from FPCA that transferred in over there. Uh, Kalen Weekly. Uh, they got some other Isaiah Scott. Uh, uh, some interesting pieces that can make a push in the coastal region. And then to South Paulding, they just lose what their entire starting five. A lot of seniors. I got to see how those guys gel with Cam Armstrong coming in from Alexander. Probably going to be one of their leading scorers and a couple other guys that just haven't seen enough experience, big minutes on the court. So that's a team I want to see after about a month or two, see how they're trending, see if they're working into the right direction because I know they'll, they'll play good defense and they're going to see a lot of good teams early on. But that's a team I just want to hold off on before I throw them into the top ten. 
on the 7A, our last classification we're going to hit today in the last classification in GHSA. Um, on the girls' side, got some names of some teams that are not unfamiliar being ranked up there. Westlake, McEachern, Collins Hill, Norcross, Colquitt County, and Newton to round out the top six. A couple of uh, Region 7 Forsyth teams to finish out the top ten. What's your take on the competitiveness and the parity in uh, Class 7A girls? Well, McEachern's always... Always uh, finds a way to win state championships. What they won four straight titles. They said Coach Phil Arthur finds a way to reload every single time. And this was actually after I throw out my rankings. And right after I throw out my rankings, oh, they just so happened to get a Adidas All American and a Georgia Tech commit, Jasmine Carson, who transfers in. So the rich get richer. It always happens. So McEachins, they're going to be tough. They're going to be very, very tough. But if it's it's if it's ever time for someone to rise, Westlake, I think they got a lot. They got a lot of new pieces in there. Uh, shoot, what two All-State players transferred in? Shakina Howard from Hapeville Charter. She comes in. Simone Lett from Pebble Brook. They join uh, Taylor Hosendove. Who's going to Texas Tech? They, they, they got talent. Paris Mullins, a, a physical post player inside. They got some uh, blue chip freshmen. Raven Johnson, uh, Brianna Turnage, a six foot wing. So it's just from top to bottom, from freshman to senior class. Westlake is loaded up. We'll see if they can handle it. If they can get the job done, I think toe to toe they can they can match McKeecher and talent for talent at every single position. We'll see if they, they have the guts to, to knock them off. But I really like those two teams a lot. And then you see the rest of the pack, Collins Hill, Norcross, Colquitt County, good teams, good teams. Norcross, they just lose a lot from that backcourt. And then Tia Lyons going down with the injury, that's really going to set them back a lot. They do have some fine players that are going to pick up the slack. I know you you were able to check out Devin Wilson at one of those uh, girls' camps. You liked what you saw from her. And then Collins Hill, they got some some bruisers inside. Jada Rice, Javin Nicholson, and then Bria Harmon going to Purdue. Still in the mix, but I think Westlake and uh, McEachern, I think uh, it would be very fun to see those two teams match up in the state championship or at least see each other in the state tournament. Flipping it up to the boys' side, almost looks like a lot of these teams are pedigree a lot of the same names in class 7a on the boys and the girls side your top five mckeetron norcross wheeler grayson and shiloh in that order um, mckeetron gets the nod at the one and a lot of gunnett county teams you're showing grayson your uh, sleeper pick from last year some love at four how do you think class 7a boys is going to shake out kyle to be honest with you i think this is another one of these big parody big parody uh type classifications i think most people can agree uh if you're just looking at the town on the rosters maybe uh number one and number two mckeechan and norcross i think those two teams are probably in a, a little bit of an elite level to their own with wheeler a close third with larry thompson there i think he's going to do a really good job of really getting the most out of brandon younger austin johnson who just committed to tennessee state ej montgomery um I want to see a little bit more from Wheeler's guards. It'll be interesting to see who fills out that backcourt for them. But I think McEachern and Norcross, those are the two elite-level teams. And the rest of that, that what, 3 through 10, I see a lot of these guys just – it's going to depend on who peaks at the right time. There's really no rhyme or reason. You could shuffle any of those 3 through 10 teams and really put them wherever you want. And you, there's – I mean, there's an argument – 
to say you can't really argue too much. I mean, you could have someone number four, they could be number 10 in someone else's pull. I say that to say this. I think this year, we saw it a little bit last year. Now there's no super teams really this season anymore. But I think a lot of these teams are going to end up around that, you know, that 21 and 7 mark, 22 and what, 6 mark. I think a lot of those teams are going to have very, very similar records. Uh, You saw it in what is it? Region 6, I want to say, with uh, Mountain View and all these teams. Uh, Collins Hills in there, Duluth's in there, all these teams just beating each other up, all going to finish with around 20 wins or so. Uh, if whoever survives Region 6, if and if they survive it in a big way, and you know if they run the table or only have one region loss, that's a team that's really going to shoot up in the, in the rankings because that's a, a very uh, evenly – balanced region right there then you look at region eight newton's still in the picture ashton hagens is back but he loses some of his running mates i want to see who's going to pick up the slack for him amani harris about six six power forward inside who's going to have a lot of opportunities to score the ball you look at shiloh tonari lanes over there he's a he's a stud he was a freshman of the year you got six foot seven point guard elias king who moves back in um grayson i just like grayson you know all all throughout since they have everybody pretty much coming back it's going to take a while to get Kenyon jackson back from the football field but i like them as well if i had to say one one sleeper team that i have in the the top 10 or probably not a sleeper but a team i really do like i really do like meadow creek and i think they could surprise some people early on in the season uh i know they play gainesville early on I really like Meadow Creek. Jameer Chaplin's going to be healthy this year. He looks like he's about 6'5 now. Swiss Army knife, Swiss Army knife on the wing. You got Amari Kelly, who's going to Duquesne inside. Corey Hightower, who is going to Detroit inside. Uh, Dequarius Nichols, uh, I liked him a lot. He looked really good at the hoop scene. Fall preview at point guard, just does a little bit of everything. Meadow Creek's a team I definitely like a lot. And all of this talk of parody, all of these teams that could be shuffled, that's without big names Tift County, Pebblebrook, and Westlake. Do you expect them to jump back up in the rankings at some point in the season, Kyle? I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the rankings. Now, I know it's a it's a sensitive subject leaving out Tift County. This is not Metro Atlanta bias. It's not South Georgia hate. It's not this stuff. Get out of your head because it's not real. I go all over the place. Don't tell me I'm biased. I'm not biased. I do my best I can not to be biased. Here are the cold hard facts on Tift County. I think they're going to win over 20 games again this year. I think they're going to be very good. They're going to take care of business in that region, which is going to be a little more competitive than in years past. But here are the cold hard facts. They played about six players throughout their their tournament run. The guy that got them there, P.J. Horn, averaged 23-8. and He was a 6'6", physical, unmatched presence. Nobody in the metro area saw, you know, a guy that was just going to sit on the block and punish you for 32 minutes. He's gone now. He carried them all the way there in the state championship game. He didn't have the best game against Norcross, but that's where you turn to another player who's not there anymore. Micah Johnson averaged 11 points a game, but he rebounded. He nailed all these free throws in the fourth corner. He's at Alabama State. He is gone. Now, that that's fine. Rashad Bateman, he's coming back. He's a senior. I love him. He's one of my top, what, top five, top six wings in the state. He's going to be playing football at Minnesota. I love him. Uh, great athlete, can slash a little bit, but a great uh, three-point shooter that can really carry a team. But the problem is he's going to be playing football. Tiff County has a great record in football, and if Tiff County takes a deep run, um, 
I don't know when Tiff County they start their season. I, I believe I see they're playing on the 11th part of that uh, Grade Eight Tip-Off Classic. If that's true, you're going to be down your best score, your best player. Rashad Bateman's not going to be there. He's going to be playing football. Now they they have two guards I really like a lot that are names that you got to put in the atmosphere and you got to put in your conscience. Montavious Terrell, senior guard. He's about five nine. He is scrappy son of a gun. He is good. I like him a lot. He is going to provide a lot of the stuff Micah Johnson did. I think he it's not going to be much of a drop off just with his tenacity and just you know willingness to to do all the dirty work things. And then you got a junior now, Arquavius Johnson, another guy that that saw a little bit of time last year. I think he's very good, same mold, scrappy, hard nose. We'll do whatever it takes to win. I love those two. I love those three. I love that backcourt of Bateman, Terrell, Johnson. Those three are going to win a ton of games. They're going to win a ton of games. They're going to win over 20 games. They're going to be right in the mix for this, uh, this, this the, uh, the, the top 10 rankings. And like I said, top 10 rankings is a preseason. preseason. It doesn't matter where you are in the preseason. I want to see where you're at at the end of the season. It, it doesn't mean just because you're at, not in the top ten that, oh, we must suck this year. We're not going to win a state championship. Tiff County is going to be a team you do not want to see in the state tournament like they are every single year. They're going to be hell to pay, uh, play, and it's going to be hell if you have to go down to Tifton to play them. With all that being said, the thing that I want to see, can they build that depth, and do they have a game-changing big man? P.J. Horn was a trump card last year. Like I said, he's going to pound you for 32 minutes. Nobody had an answer for that. They don't have a, a, a 6-6 ACC big man inside that's going to punch you in the nose and just pummel you the entire game. That was a difference maker for Tiff County on their, their state playoff run. I was there at the Newton game where they just, just bruised them, bullied them on the glass the entire time. He's not there anymore. Now they're going to have three very good guards, but that secret sauce in the recipe was that toughness inside who is going to step up and give them that rebounding and that inside post presence and that's where pj horn is going to hurt them because he's not going to be there anymore so you lose two division one players from a team that played only six six players in their rotation uh they have a new head coach coach wade he's gonna he's a defensive mastermind so they're, they're gonna there there's not gonna be much of a drop off they're gonna get their 20 wins and they're gonna be really good when all is said and done but you're gonna have to give them some time especially if bateman's not there to open up the season keep an eye on terrell and johnson tiff county is gonna be in the picture they're gonna be a damn good team in south georgia so don't think tiff county has just like flown the coop and they're gonna be back to you know just nothing they haven't been nothing for a long time they've been good for a very long time and they're gonna stay very good for a very long time kyle i think that covers it it's gonna be fun to get back on these rankings once this season starts are gonna be released every sunday and monday uh yeah uh let's see i know boys always pop off on sundays so girls i think that's what we did last year mondays as well so we'll see what the schedule looks like but for sure boys will be coming out on sundays and we look forward to podcasting with you in the future as always if you have any ideas for anything you want us to cover any future on any future podcasts any comments or suggestions you can find us at twitter or email us at sandyspiel at gmail.com. Of course, check the website sandyspiel.com for the scoreboard and all the other content you're used to as the season gets ramped up. And on behalf of Kyle Sandy, Vameen Fergani, signing off. <laughs>